Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Let's uh, revisit one of our big stories for the day, and that, of course, uh, is international students. Uh, Immigration Minister Mark Miller announced today that the federal government will cap the number of student permits over the next two years. The government says it will approve approximately 360,000 undergraduate study permits for 2024, a 35% reduction from 2023. Now, this has been an ongoing conversation uh, in our country. Uh, and in many other uh, Western nations, Australia and the UK specifically, we've got over a million uh, uh, international students in this country. Uh, now, keep in mind, we have um, immigration numbers, right? This year, we'll have about 485,000 people immigrating to this country. Next year, it'll be 500,000. The million number I just mentioned is on top of our official immigration numbers. Those are just not just students, but also temporary foreign workers. Now, as I said... Other Western nations have also had to deal with this issue. Recently, the UK uh, and Australia put uh, the brakes on their immigration numbers, seeing the same thing. In fact, they're going to do a complete redo in Australia when it comes to the type of immigrant they want coming to their country. Here's Australian Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill speaking on the issue of migration to Australia. And i got to tell you, this is one of the most clearly focused comments I've heard from an elected official in a very, very long time. She addresses the issue in a clear, concise manner and also uh, provides some sort of solution to it as well. Take a listen our migration system is really constructed back the front at the moment. And what I mean by that is it is very hard today to come to Australia as a really highly skilled permanent migrant. And these are just the migrants we need, but we place endless bureaucracy and wait times and cost in their path. What we have also done at that, at that same time, what really is, you know, happened under the previous government, is these side doors and back doors have been left open. So very large numbers of people are coming into our country, they are settling into low-skilled jobs in the labour market, and they are highly vulnerable to exploitation. Now, what we are trying to do is flip that. We are trying to make sure that we create easier pathways for those um, migrants who are going to come here, build the productivity of our country, grow jobs, um, build businesses and lift the productivity of those around them, while at the same time we address what are really problematic integrity issues at the moment in the system. And the biggest pathway that that's occurring at, um, at the moment in is through our international student system. Man, I would love to have heard that press conference today uh, in Canada. Instead, we have ministers saying they're going to try to address the issue, but never acknowledging, hey, we've been running the show since 2015. And that's part of the problem. Uh, so I thought this hour, it'd be important that we ask, not just, we're not here to bash international uh, students or immigrants. Uh, this is a show run by an immigrant, <laughs> very blunt. Uh, but I do believe the system has gone, it's just gone wrong. There's something fundamentally flawed uh, when we have that many Canadians coming here, and as the minister acknowledges, uh, enrolling and paying significant dollars for essentially diploma mills. So the question really is, what kind of 
of immigrant does Canada need? What kind of international student does Canada need? Well, joining me now to talk about this issue is Chris Gardner. He's president of the Independent Contractors and Businesses Association. Chris, welcome. Well, uh, great to be on your show, Jazz. So uh, tell me first and foremost, your response to uh, what the minister uh, said or acknowledged today. I'm not sure how to phrase that, but what do you think about the, what do you think about the minister's comments? Well, listen, she was very clear and, and you could have made her a minister in Ottawa and, and she could have said exactly the same thing. Uh, if you think about what happened in Canada last year, our population increased by 1.2 million people. We haven't seen that level of increase in Canada since 1949 when Newfoundland joined Confederation. Um, so it's a staggering number. And um, we basically added a city the size of Calgary to Canada last year. That's the pace we're on. So think about if we add, you know, again this year, a city the size of Calgary and the year after and the next year after that. Um, we, our economy right now isn't structured in a way where we can absorb all of that in a way that makes sense. And as the minister outlined, what we want are immigrants to come to Canada and be able to increase our productivity and be entrepreneurs and invest in businesses, Mm -hmm. create opportunity. Uh, That's not how the system is functioning right now. Um, Your sector, uh, which is um, the the construction sector, um, the development sector, you build stuff. Your your members build stuff, whether it be bridges, whether it be buildings. uh, You're building physical infrastructure. Um, If you were allowed to advise on what our immigration system should look like in regards to bringing the right people, what is the right type of immigrant in your mind? Well, let's take a look at, at construction. It's about 10% of our economy. And last year, we, we, we brought in about 460,000 permanent immigrants. These are not the temporary workers, not the international students. 460,000 temporary or permanent residents. Only 2% hmm. of those individuals who are coming here permanently to live go into a construction trade. And so why isn't the system geared towards looking at the skills gap in our economy, whether they're trades workers, doctors, nurses, and then going out and recruiting those people in the numbers we need to fill those skills gaps. We don't do that. Um, we, should be, we should be recruiting a higher number of doctors and nurses, uh, qualified other skilled professions, and construction trades workers. Why only 2%? So 9,000. Construction workers of the 460,000 immigrated to Canada last year. The number's too low. So our system is failing us. And uh, why aren't we doing that in your mind? I mean, this shouldn't be too difficult to say we need an X amount of carpenters, plumbers, pipe fitters, engineers. that shouldn't be too difficult, and you would think Brand Canada can still sell itself. Why? Why is what? What's falling apart here that we can't get that message to Ottawa, or Ottawa's not asking, or just not getting these people? Here? Well, I think there's a you know we've talked about this a lot, Jazz. Where we're high school students, there's a bias against presenting the construction mm-hmm. trades as a career opportunity, as an entrepreneurial opportunity, as a technology story. I think it's the same with our immigration system. I think we're biased towards four-year degrees. And I think if someone applies to immigrate to Canada, they got a four-year degree, they're, 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 they're favored over those who may be on the way to getting a construction trade, interested in construction, and uh, because, because only a, a systemic flaw would explain why 2% of all permanent immigrants in this country are in the trades and not a higher number. Something should be closer to 8 to 10%. Uh, in your mind, what is the right number? Uh, is, is uh, n- you know, 
cutting it back by 35% when it comes to international students, yeah. but keeping the immigration number to 485 this year, 500,000 next year. I mean, what do you think is the the right number to deal with an aging workforce that yeah. we, we do need to replace folks? I was reading a study recently in the United States, 50% of all baby boomers now are retired in the United States. I don't think we're that far off or maybe be the same here in Canada. So we do need people to pay for uh, education. At the same time, the numbers that we have now... Keith Baldry was saying, I think it was 300,000 people we've added to MSP the last two years, another 200,000 people expected to move to BC uh, this year, uh, which is about the size of Richmond, 200,000 people. Um, so it, it, my question is, what do you think is the right number for this our country in regards to immigration? Well, it's a good question because we never really had that discussion. On, on international students, the number you mentioned, we've got about a million international students. And the Globe Mail reported last week that 20% of them don't even show up to class, never go to one class. And what do we do about 20%. it? 20%. 20%. We don't do anything about it. There are some private colleges in Ontario, the Globe Mail reported, where 90% of the students who are issued international student visas never show up to a single class. The system is broken. So the kid, th- these students are still paying for that class. They pay for the class. They get the visa. They come to Canada. They and work. what are they doing? They're going to work. They're doing other things. But we don't know. Because no one's calling them, no one's pulling that visa and saying, you didn't show up to class, see you later, alligator. And the private college is still getting paid. That's right. And with no students there. So That's right. Wow. And then on, on the university side, and, you know, first year commerce at UBC, $5,800 for a Canadian, 58000 for an international student. So over the course of four years, an undergraduate degree, that's a quarter of a million dollars, just in tuition. So it's become, the system has become skewed and incentivized. Uh, incentivized by cash. In terms of the number, the last week you had the National Bank of Canada come out, and it's the first time I've seen, and there's been a lot written on immigration and, and how much is is too much or not enough, and they're the first institution to put down a number that says they do not think that we should be taking in more than 500,000 immigrants annually. That's a significant you know, ratcheting back of where we are now. Does that include temporary foreign workers, everything? Is that what they're saying? Or is it just the immigration numbers? It's just the immigration numbers. Okay. So, so instead of our population expanding by 1.2 million, she be expanding by somewhere in the three to 500,000 mm. uh, annually. But if you think about where we are demographically, in British Columbia last year again, more people died in British Columbia than were born. Same thing happened in 2022. So for two years in a row, natural deaths exceeded natural births in British Columbia. So we are going over a demographic cliff. We need people. And we, and it is good to have, a, you know, a portion of international students on any campus. But the problem is the system's broken. Ottawa has let it get out of control. And it's not working for Canadians. And it's not working for business. It's not working for our communities. There's too much stress and pressure, whether it's housing, education system, healthcare, transit. And finally... The government's now starting to move, but listen, it's a little bit, you know, the, the, the barn door is open and all the, all the horses have left. Uh, and this is not going to be easy to get a handle on because Ottawa's mismanaged this file so, so badly. You're yeah. absolutely right. Chris, thank you for your time. Thank you.